0: On the 30th of October, 2003, my life was totally changed, revived. We're in a series called Revived. My life is revived. 30th of October, 2003 by a guy named Wayne Cadero. And what happened was I was sitting in a conference listening to him talk about the word of God and talking about the Bible and actually building our life on on the Bible's wisdom. And it was extraordinary. It changed me forever. I went from someone who occasionally read the Bible, who who, who believed the Bible was, was, was powerful, you know, it's a sword of the Spirit. It's a word, and a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. It's a useful teaching, rebuking, correcting, showing us how to live, to Timothy. All these things, I believed the Bible, but I didn't live the Bible. I didn't have the Bible as a, as a staple part of my diet. Anyway, I thought I would love to explain to you how... What he, how he illustrated it, and then I found this video. So check out this illustration he used, which absolutely transformed the way I approached God's Word and it revived the Bible in my life. I hope that today, the Bible comes alive for you again. Check out this clip. A
1: lot of stuff you're gonna do in life, lots of things, but the Lord is gonna say, in order to be successful, there's just one thing you need to do, scales. I wanna talk to you about the scales of a Christian. It's one of the most important things you must do, but you gotta choose it, just like Mary. You say, well, when when do you start this? Well, remember, wisdom's source will come when you still your heart and you begin to draw from it daily. Wisdom isn't built in a day, but it will be built daily. Yep. So you've gotta choose a time daily to sit down and do, as it were, your scales. Say, when's the best time to sit in front of the Word and and begin to do daily devotions? Because that's the scales of of a believer. When's the best time? The best time to do your devotions is when you're at your best. That's right. If you're a morning person, that's when you do it. If you're an evening person, that's when you do it. But you have to choose a time to be in his presence and sit at his feet. Now, some years ago, I took a jazz class. It was at a community college. It was one hour a week. We all brought our guitars and played some scales and did a few things. And I learned some, but it wasn't much because it was an hour a week. Uh, What if, what if the instructor was a great legendary jazz guitar player? And Let's say he came to me one day and he said, hey, Wayne, I see promise in you. I see so much promise that you know what I'll do? I'll meet with you an hour a day. How's that? And we'll play jazz together and I'll teach you jazz. An hour a day or one hour a week. I think good night from a legendary jazz guitarist. I would take that any time. I say, you just tell me the time. Two in the morning, I'll be there. Why, if I spent an hour a day with a legendary jazz guitarist, you know, it wouldn't be more than a year before someone would hear me in concert and they'd stop me and say, where did you learn to play jazz like that? I'd say, well, I went to a community college and I took a class an hour a week. Uh, they'd say, you might have, but you didn't get this from there. No, no, no. No, I hear, I hear the, the, the way that you play. It's like a a legendary jazz guitarist. No, 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 you didn't get that from a class one hour a week. You've been with a master, haven't you? You've been with the master. Tell the difference. See, the same is true. We can go to church one hour a week and that's good, but the scales of a believer have to be an hour a day seated at his feet, and you've got to choose that. And it won't be more than a year that would go by where someone won't stop you and say, where did you get that insight? Where did you get that wisdom? Oh, I go to church an hour a week. Oh, you might, but no, you've been sitting with the master, haven't you? For flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father, which is in heaven, the source of wisdom. And how many of us know that the Holy Spirit knows what you're going to face next week. Isn't that right? We all know that the Holy Spirit knows what's going to happen in our life next month. Now, we don't know, but He does. And as you're reading and God is speaking to you through His Word and you are being tutored by the divine mentors, they're depositing wisdom to your account. And there's gonna be times where where a scripture is gonna be highlighted from the Bible. Grab that, because in it will contain the wisdom that you're gonna need next week. Because the Holy Spirit knows what you're gonna need next week. Now you don't, but you're gonna come across something and you'll catch it. And you'll think, hmm, that's good. What you don't know is, that's what you're gonna need next
0: week. I hope that illustration really powerfully impacted you like it did me. It made me want to do my scales. It made me want to be in God's word. See, scales are funny things. They're, they're, they're kind of. I think they're a bit boring to practice and all the rest of it. But but they they're essential for the foundation to playing a beautiful musical masterpiece. And that's a bit like our life. The Bible is a foundation. And as we bed into it on a daily basis, it will actually strengthen us so much that when the storms come, and they will come, when the storms come, we can stand firm. Jesus actually said about the, the word or about God's word and about his own words, these these words. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation is on the rock, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. We will face rising waters, storms, winds, buff things that will buffet against our life. And what Jesus is saying there is that if, if our, our life is built on, on hearing and doing the word of God, we will stand firm like, like, being, like being grounded on bedrock. And that, if that's our motivation, the Bible will come alive. The Bible will absolutely come alive. I, I want to sort of frame today in how, how, do, how do I build my life on the Bible? And I could have used so many different scriptures that talk about God's word and how delightful it is and how amazing it is and how life transforming it is. But I've actually settled in on James chapter 1 verses 19 to 25. And, and a lot of what I'm sharing today comes from another person who inspired me to have the Bible as part of my life, and that was Rick Warren. And as I go through this passage, uh, it reminds me of what he taught me. He taught me so much about hearing and doing, hearing and doing. Don't just hear the words, apply the words. So many times, even on this, if, we, if we dedicated to ourselves to one hour a week of sitting in a church, so I was hearing the Bible taught, so much of that is just about hearing. Well, I want to read to you from James chapter 1, verse 19, which is, is really practical on what we do with God's word and how if the God's word does come into our lives, it will revive us. So today, is it is about reviving the Bible. That's the, the sort of the theme. But it's actually about the Bible reviving us. The Bible doesn't need to be revived in and of itself. The Bible is God's word. It's full of life. It's God-breathed. It's having that breath come into our lives and transform us. Let me read to you in James chapter 1. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts, the Bible, for it has the power to save your souls. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like... Glancing at your face in a mirror, you see yourself. You walk away and you forget what you look like. It's it's like just having a glance at the mirror, not looking deep into the mirror. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, if you look carefully into God's word that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. That's the beauty of being of God's word coming alive in our lives. We'll get blessed. We will get blessed. And as Jesus said, we'll be able to stand when the storms come. And as Wayne Cadero said, we actually might actually start to be a blessing to others. We might have some wisdom that is obviously doesn't come from our own capacity, but it's because we've been with the Master. Okay. Three, There's four things that, that um, Rick Warren brings out of this passage. I want to sort of tap into them today. And the first one is when it comes to... to to building our life on God's word, the first thing is we receive it with my ears. I receive it with my ears. Let me go back to the passage. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must, be all, you must all be quick to listen or to receive with your ears. Slow to speak, slow to be angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. Humbly accept the word God has put in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. That that phrase, quick to listen, is, has that sense of a posture of, I'm open. Come on in. Word of God, come on in. I love the phrase, um, no spiritual parks in our life, uh, spiritual national parks in our life. No spiritual national parks. And a national park has, has boundaries and you can't come in and you can't be active in there and you can't go in there. We can sometimes set them, like we can have spiritual national parks or, or parts of our lives that are national parks where we say, you're not allowed in. Well, let the Bible in. Even into the places where we think we can protect ourselves, let the Bible in. What we're saying is if we, if we receive it where it is, if we're quick to listen, we become. if we're receptive, we're receptive, we are wide open, giving God full access. Here, sometimes in the Bible, the word of God is often returned. To, uh, it's used, an image of it is a seed. The parable of is the farmer goes and sows the seeds. And the seeds effectiveness or the word of God's effectiveness is actually all about not the seed, but the soil. In the parable of the sower, it talks about four different types of soil, um, hard ground, rocky ground, weed infested ground. And the, thir- and the fourth one is ground that's fertile and receptive. So part of God's word coming alive in us is we receive it fertile, ready to be shaped. We don't receive it with a resistance or, and, and, and we, receive, we, don't, we receive it going, shape me, change me. And we let it all come in. For good reception, if we go go back, for good reception, to hear it, receive it with our ears, for good reception, there's four key elements to it. The first one is quiet. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. When we're talking, we're not listening. Even sometimes with God, we spend more time talking than listening. When we open up God's word a posture of hearing God's Word, a quietness. And it's very hard to do that in a, in a, in a, in a, in a quick quick five-minute here, there, there. If we could bend out time, and that's what Wayne Cadero talked to me that's what changed my life. He introduced me to a thing called the Life Journal, which was a, a Bible-reading program that read the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice in a year. It was the best Bible college course i would ever done, and it changed me. And since then, from 2003, October 30th, 2003 till now, nearly 20 years later, the Bible as a daily quiet, quiet space has been a, a, a regular part of my life. And it has shaped me and changed me and transformed me and, and given me hope when the storms come and it has blessed me. I found myself as I do what the Bible says, experiencing blessings from God and strength to stand and and perseverance, all sorts of different things. So the first way of having good reception is, is quiet. The second is calm. Notice that the passage said, slow to become angry. Isn't that funny? Why is that put in a passage that's all about hearing and doing God's word, slow to become angry? Do you know, part of the danger is that we actually read God's word in a fit of anger and we actually don't read it for ourselves at all. We read it as a weapon. That's what the Pharisees did. They took God's word as a weapon to actually judge others. Listening and calmly coming before God with that posture of, I'm ready to hear. It's like the phrase in the Bible says, be still and know that he is God. A calmness will always, always help. Angerness and bitterness and rage, emotionally upset. It doesn't mean we don't bring those things to the Lord. Of course we do. But a calm, consistent pattern of, of listening for God's voice through his word. It's it's back to that illustration Wayne Cadera. It's time with the master. If we're sitting with the master and he's teaching us to play our scales and we're just getting upset and we're getting frustrated and this is not working and this is not working and he's trying to calm us down so that he can teach us the scales, we will get nowhere if we keep resisting the master and we're frustrated and this is not working, that's not working, we get impatient, we get angry. But if we calmly listen to the master as he meets with us every day, Suddenly his wisdom and his teaching will, will, will continue to, to, it will take root in our lives. The next part of that passage, I'm using the word clean. So it's, it's be quiet, be calm, be clean. Get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives. I like Wayne Cadarex, uh, Rick Warren. He says, he says, before you do some seeding, do some weeding. In other words, when we come to God's word, let's start with, Lord, I need you. Lord, there's muck in my in my world which gets in the way. And it's a bit like uh, if we're receiving with our ears, you've got to clean out your ears to hear. It's, it's, it's intriguing that these things are all tied in with the word of God. Let me read back to you. So get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. How do we do it? We just start with Confession. And believe that God is faithful. The word actually teaches us. In 1 John 1, nine. God is faithful to forgive us our sins. So a quiet, calm, confessing or clean posture. And the fourth thing is humble posture. We'll, we'll, they're like four spiritual hearing aids. To enable us to hear the word of God. And for for for, to, for us to be quick to listen, those things will help us hear the word of God, and it will start to to really resonate with us, and we'll understand. It. We'll start to get lessons from the daily master. So we 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 listen with our ears, or or, or we um, receive it with our ears. But the next thing we do is we read it with our eyes. Let me go back to the passage, James one twenty two. Don't just listen to God's word. So we, we do listen, but don't just listen. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fool fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law, which sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. So to, to be blessed, we look carefully. We look at God's word, and the Bible often uses the phrase "we meditate on it" or "we ruminate on it." So, so we hear it. We, at the first posture is we hear; we hear with our ears. We, we're quick to listen. We say, "Come on in, Word of God." The second the second posture is we peer into it. We look deeper. We we, we use it. We use the word to evaluate, our, evaluate ourselves. We look deeper. You know this image that. Uh, James has just used of, mir- of mirrors. I don't do mirrors, so um, I get my hair cut really short, and I don't use a comb, and it's. I, I just don't do mirrors. I I, I, I glance at them at the best, and so so you could ask me. I, I just I don't look for blemishes. I, I just don't do. I don't do mirrors, and sometimes. What we've got is this image that James is saying, sometimes we, we, we glance at the Word of God, or we, we pick up a little bit of the Word of God, or here or there, we might glance at that. Our glancing might be simply, we turn up on a Sunday, we hear a bit of a message like this, and then we move on. I'll tell you now, as a, as a someone who speaks a lot, I know people don't remember. But I know that people remember when they meditate on something or they look carefully into something or they study something or they really dig into the depths of of the word of God. If they hear me speak of a a Sunday or online like this, we, we just forget. It's like glancing in a mirror. But what for the word of God to be revived in us? We've got to dig deep in it for ourselves. We've got to push into the word of God on a daily basis. We've got to be with the master. Let him teach us. There's an image uh, I really like in a movie, an old movie now, called The Lion King. And this image of the mirror, I don't know whether you remember, but Simba, Mufasa, his father, is, has gone and, and uh, Rafiki, the monkey, comes to Simba and um, he says, follow me and Simba follows him and they end up at this pond and Simba's looking into this, into this pond and he's looking at this water and he says, look there, look there. Rafiki says, look there. Simba looks into the pond and he says, all I see is my reflection. Because yeah. he was, he's, where are you? He'd say you know, just before that, he would said, where are you, Mufasa? I'm, I'm lost. I'm left alone. And Rafiki's going, look into the, look there. And then he just goes, I can't see you. It's just a reflection. And Rafiki says, look harder. Look harder. Deeper. And Simba looks in and the the water changes shape and he sees the image of Mufasa. And Rafiki comes back and looks at himself, says, see, he lives in you. Totally transformed Simba. Simba goes and saves the Pride Land. But when we look into the Bible, we can have a casual glance of a Sunday or we can have a casual glance. there. But when we look harder, when we look in deeper, we will see who we are. All our imperfections, but all our potential. God's word will reflect back to us what's inside us. I'm convinced of this. God's word will shape us and change us. It's the sword of the spirit. But we we, we need to, to look into it. Think of the Bible. And have you ever, ever seen yourself in the Bible? Have you seen yourself depressed like Elijah, a foreigner like Ruth? A person of passion, sometimes a rational passion like Peter. A misunderstood Joseph. A very practical James, like we're learning today. A get the job done, Martha. A repentant, David. An insecure, Moses. A young, Joshua. And the list goes on. When we look into the Bible and we look harder and we meditate on it, we gather, we grab the stories and the teachings. They'll reveal to us who we are. The third thing about, that we get from this James passage is we review and remember it with my mind. So we, we use our ears to be quick to listen. We use our eyes to look harder. And we review and remember it with our mind. James 1.25 If you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Rick Warren is constantly talking about memorization. That moment, October 30, 2003, from there till now, I know I have learned more of the Bible in that era of my life than any other era. And I had been to Bible. I'd done full time Bible college for four years, but I knew more of the Bible after Bible college. Often people say to me, should I go to Bible college? And I go, you know, there's a Bible. Just read the Bible. Bible college is good. and not saying it's not helpful. But it doesn't replace being in God's word. In fact, we had an Old Testament lecturer at the Bible college that used to say to us, "He, you know, we'd have these books, um, the history of Israel, Old Testament survey, and he would say to us, read the text, people, read the text. And he wasn't talking about those books. He was talking about the Bible. Don't read books that are written about the Bible. Say, read the text, read Genesis, read Exodus, read the Bible and remember it let it keep coming back meditate on it let it renew your mind There's some verses there's many verses that I've learned over the years just from going I keep cycling around the bible and the, the, and I'm getting more and more gems every year one of the one of the verses which I've memorized early on was do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now you've just seen it on the screen. I, I, I know it by heart, and it's been it's because it's been really powerful for me, but it's all about good thinking and a renewed way of thinking. Because I didn't want to be shaped by popular opinion or by the stuff that's happening around me all the time, or about how I was feeling. I didn't want the way I felt at a certain time, or my atmosphere, or what have you, to dictate. The way I lived or how I thought I wanted to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. And the way I found that to happen is by meditating on his law, on his word day in, day out. It's been incredible. So with our mind, we, 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 we learn the scriptures and we're able to recall them as we need them. When the, when the challenges come, when the, when the storms rise. The fourth element is I responded to it with my actions. All this stuff's been really good. It's been really good. Using our ears, meditating, gazing, looking deeper, memorising, having new ways of thinking. But at the end of the day, it's got to be applied. James 1.22, the next verse after what I've just read says this. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. The Bible is about transformation, not information. It's about transformation, not information. It's about getting a big heart, not a big head. Rick Warren says information without application is procrastination. In other words, you're just basically sitting there absorb, 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 and then feel like you've got knowledge. Well, the Bible talks about knowledge puffing up. It's actually designed, the word of God is designed to, to shape us and then it actually sends us out. It's a bit like when you heard Wayne Cadero in that illustration uh, where people have gone, where did you get that wisdom? Where did you get, where did you get that insight? Where did that go? And you go, well, you know, I turn up to church on a Sunday. and no, 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 no. There's something different. You, you, you've, got some, you've been with the master. Jesus has shaped you. In our church, we would love a self feeding program, not a Sunday feeding program. If we only ate once a week, every shopping, our health would be all over the shop. If we only have God's word in us once a week, we won't be healthy enough to, to, to run the race, to stand firm in the trials, to offer ourselves, we won't be useful to anybody else. The word of God, I can't tell you how powerful it is, how much it can change us and how much it can equip us for our own life, but also to bless others. I can only come back to these words again from Matthew that Jesus said. Everyone who hears these words of mine or hears the Bible puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the 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 streams rose, the winds blew, beat against the house, and fell down with a great crash. We don't know the storms that are ahead. All we have to do is look backwards over the last couple of years and and, and whether it's fires and floods and rains and COVIDs and and inflation and cost of living and all of this stuff, isolations, we've been through so much. And there's always more to come. There will always more to come. And what Jesus is saying is get God's word into into you on a daily basis. Be with the master. And you will stand firm in the trials and also stand firm in such a way that you'll be able to bless others. One of the things that wasn't around in October 30, 2003, I had a a paper journal. And I used to, I basically every day I used a soap analogy. You did scripture, observe what you got out of that scripture each day, an application and then, then prayed at home. And that was a that was an that was a, an acrostic that I used early early days reading God's Word. Years have gone on now, and you can get the U version Bible apps, and I encourage everyone to grab it. And there's Bible plans that are written that have devotions and Bible reading. Um, I do a lot of electronic reading of God's Word now, or sometimes I play it to listen to it, to hear it a bit differently. I'll do big slabs. I'll do a U version Bible app, but basically I find myself wanting basically to say. With my ears, welcome, welcome in, welcome in. I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. With my ears, look harder. What is this Bible telling me about me and what He wants, what God wants from me? Not telling me about what, how to, it's not giving me a weaponry to judge others. It's, 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 it's shaping me. And the Bible has changed the way I think. It's it's amazing. It's amazing how I've been thinking in a certain direction, and then a truth from scripture has just leapt off the page and it's completely transformed the way I think. Biggest thing, biggest thing for me, biggest thing I hope for you is apply. We are not in the business of coming to church or reading God's word to accumulate knowledge or get big heads. We're actually about getting big hearts and experiencing transformation. That's when the Bible is truly alive. I hope this has been a, a helpful message. But the most important thing is that not that we go away like it was looking in a mirror and thought, oh, that was okay, or I didn't like that. But we actually go away and go, I'm going to get into God's word. I'm going to be with the master. It can simply start tomorrow. It was interesting. I started October 30th, 2003, It would have been so easy to me to say, I'm not really going to get into it as it's going to be a New Year's resolution. Best thing I did was starting reading the Bible in a year from October 30th, 2003. Um, By the time I hit New Year, I was already, already well into a lot of the Scripture. My encouragement, start tomorrow. Start today. Start by being with the Master. It'll take practice like scales, but before long, you'll go, wow, your countenance will lift. You'll have wisdom that you didn't think you had, that you didn't have, actually, until God showed you. You'll experience God's blessings as you faithfully put the practices of God into place. You'll have resolve where you didn't think you had resolve. You'll have fresh passion. Let's revive our Bibles. They are the breath of God. They're already alive. But let's revive the Bible, our Bibles in our lives. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that you've given us so many promises. And in, that, in the end of the Sermon on the Mount, you uttered those words about the wise and foolish builders. And I pray that we would be wise. You also spoke the parable of the sower. And I pray that we would be the good soil. That so hears your voice. Hears your word. Let's it in our lives and lets us shape us. Lord, when the devil comes and tries to snatch away our time and snatch away the word, as it says in the parable of so I pray that you'll protect us from the evil one, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, that we might give glory to you, and it might be all about your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bring your word to life in us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hope you're enjoying the Revive series, and I hope you enjoy today.